0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast with Pastor Joseph Gibson at Cranberry Community Church. We hope God speaks to your heart through today's message. Uh, Last week, we began a new series called Surrounded By, and I sent out a text message uh, to most of you here, and I said, "What do you feel like we are surrounded by in the world today?" And we're attacking those issues uh, based on the Word of God. Last week, we looked at one of your top issues uh, that you, or one of your top answers. You said we are surrounded by a world of uncertainty. So last week, we t- we looked at the uh, transition in Israel's history from the person of uh, Moses to the person of Joshua uh, when they arrive. Uh, at the Jordan River. And on one side of the Jordan, they have the wilderness, but they have everything that they're familiar with. On the other side of the Jordan is a world of unknowns and uncertainty that God is actually calling them into. God was not just calling them into it, but He was calling them to go there with courage and with strength. And we looked at how God calls us into seasons of uncertainty, like the world that we're surrounded by right now is full of uncertainty, but to go there with courage. And with strength, knowing two things, that God goes with us, God goes before us, uh, and God stays with us. Uh, So this week, uh, I told you that today I wanted to look at your uh, top response of what we are surrounded by in the world today. Um, And I want to look at it through Jesus' perspective. In Luke chapter 12, it says that Jesus uh, came to a town and uh, it says that many thousands of people gathered around him and Jesus did something that almost seems strange because when thousands of people gather around him, instead of addressing the crowds of people, he just turns and begins teaching his disciples. And now something uh, unique happens in this circumstance because, uh, Jesus warns them of, uh, two sins or of two attitudes of the heart, uh, And he warns them in such a way that it's the only two occasions in scripture that he ever talks about them this way. Uh, Which is where he says, you have to beware. Uh, Be very, very aware that these two can just sneak into your life. And we'll read the first one in Luke chapter 12, verse 1. Uh, It says, meanwhile, a crowd of many thousands had gathered, so that they were trampling on one another. And Jesus began to speak first to his disciples saying, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Uh, Now, be on your guard is a single word in the Greek language, uh, which means to keep watch or to be on the lookout. In Luke chapter 8, when it says that there were shepherds in the fields watching over their sheep, it's the same word uh, right there for watching over, to to be on the lookout for an enemy uh, kind of infiltrating Now yeast is a common illustration, it's used by Jesus and Paul. Uh, And what it's used to represent is is, is it says, hey, just a tiny bit of this affects the whole batch. You put just a tiny bit of yeast into uh, a whole lot of dough and it affects everything. And what Jesus is warning the people here is he's uh, saying, beware of this yeast called hypocrisy. And what he's saying is even the smallest amount of hypocrisy in your life affects everything Uh, the smallest amount of hypocrisy can ruin your witness before people Uh, it can affect every relationship because uh, people won't trust you anymore Uh, uh, it affects your entire reputation so what jesus was saying is when it comes to hypocrisy be on your guard because it's deceptive and it can sneak in beware and be on the lookout but hypocrisy is not actually what we're talking about today. Uh, Because it's a little further down than that that Jesus gives the second warning, the second sinful attitude where he says, beware of this in your life. Uh, So Jesus is talking to his disciples. Remember, there is a crowd of thousands. And then finally, someone interrupts Jesus uh, and they don't ask him for a miracle. They don't ask him for a sign or a wonder. Uh, They don't ask him for a healing. Uh, Let's look at what they do ask him. In Luke chapter 12, uh, verse 13, it says, Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between uh, you? Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard, that same word, against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Uh, I ask you guys what is the number one thing you feel like we're surrounded by in the world today and your number one response was it feels like we're surrounded by a world of greed now I mentioned last week that uh, this took me a little bit by surprise not that it was an answer but that it was the number one answer Uh, it's not that I disagree at all it just wasn't at the top of my list and I think the reason for that is actually pretty simple it's your fault Uh, because you guys as a church as a family here Uh, are a generous church. Uh, You are a giving church of your finances, your your time and energy and your talents. Um, Just for instance, as a church last year, uh, we were able to give uh, over $10,000 for the year to missions and outreach, just seeing the gospel go throughout the world. And uh, I don't know if you were with us in January, but I said this year, I believe God is calling us to double down on that. And because you are a generous church, uh, we've been able to do that. So Through July this year, we've given over $11,000 to missions and outreach. So through July, we've given more than we did all of last year. I say that just to say thank you so much uh, because you're the reason we can do that uh, because you guys are giving. And one of my favorite things in this church is that map and just seeing us light up that map over there, taking the gospel all over. But the reality remains that Jesus said, uh, even if you have not historically struggled in this area of greed, that we should remain on guard for it sneaking in the back door. Uh, because in the world today, we are surrounded by greed. There's, there's really no questioning that. And whenever you're surrounded by anything, it is so easy to get kind of sucked into that pattern without even knowing that it's happening. Uh, We live in a self-absorbed, look-at-me culture. If you don't say amen to anything else, somebody can say amen to that. We live in a look-at-me culture. Uh, Emily and I were watching a show recently, and the man's family was trying to tell him that he was a little self-centered, and he looked at his wife and he said, where is this coming from? And she said, it's coming from those of us orbiting around you. I thought it was funny. Nobody else does. (laughs) But we bring up our kids as though they're the center of the universe and then they grow up and we can't figure out why they think they're the center of the universe. So I always gather J.R. and Davy and I say, you are not the center of the universe. Your sister is the center of the universe. That's why, come on, that should be the background on everyone's phone in this place. But the truth is you can get rid of the picture, Greg. The truth is, in my 10 years or so of ministry, no one has ever come to me and said, Pastor, I, I'm really struggling with greed in my life. I, I talked to my father-in-law this week, and he, he's been in ministry 34 years. He said, nobody's ever come to me and said, I struggle with greed. I talked to Pastor Chris, who fills in here all the time, and he said, in 37 years of ministry, no one's ever come to me and said, I struggle with greed. Why is this? Is it because no one in the church struggles with greed? Or, or is it because if, if we do struggle with it, we either don't recognize it, or we've determined that as long as it's not murder or adultery, then it's not one of the big sins, so we'll just deal with it. But Jesus said, when it comes to greed, beware. Be on the lookout for this, because it is sneaky, and it is deceptive, and it infiltrates its way into your life without you even knowing it. Jesus said, we are in this world, we are not of it. Uh, And just like the shepherds that watched over their flock as a way of protecting something precious, we are called to to watch over our heart because we are protecting something precious. We are protecting greed from coming into our lives. Today I want to look at Uh, how we should live our lives in a world surrounded by greed. You say, Pastor, I don't like talking about money. Well, join the club. If you know me, I rarely talk about money. Uh, But you want to know something? Jesus talked about it a lot. Uh, Jesus talked about money more than he did heaven and hell uh, combined, actually. Jesus talked about money in about 15% of his teachings. Now, just to bring that to today, if Jesus were a modern-day pastor, uh, he would preach on money two months out of the year. Uh, Eight Sundays out of the year, he would dedicate to uh, to money. Why is it because Jesus needs your money? No, Jesus owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Jesus doesn't need your money, but Jesus recognizes uh, that money or our attitude towards money uh, reveals our heart. Your attitude towards money uh, is a window into your heart. So this morning, I want to continue with what Jesus was teaching in Luke chapter twelve. Uh, He goes right into a parable, uh, starting in verse 15. He says, uh, it says, uh, Jesus said to them, uh, uh, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist of an abundance of possessions. And then he told them this parable, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. parable is not a message against saving Jesus is not saying saving is bad. Proverbs 13, says a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. So saving for the sake of provision is a good thing. Saving for the sake of blessing others is a good thing. But what we have in this story is a man who is saving for the sake of having more and more and more. And we can see that in the world around us. It's about having more and more and me, me, me. In fact, Jesus, or Jesus says in this story that God spoke to the man and said, uh, when your life is demanded from you, there's no one to give it to. Because for this man, it was just about himself. And that's, that's kind of the moral here of the story is don't accumulate for the sake of accumulating. This man was his own purpose. His money was for his own sake. And like with so many things in scripture, it's really a heart issue. What is the heart behind your money? And Jesus kind of gives us the first attitude that we should take in a world that's surrounded by greed. I want to go over three responses to being surrounded by greed. And the first one is in a world full of owners. We are called to be stewards. Uh, To this man, it was about owning as much as he could possibly own, Uh, and if I don't have room to store it, I'll build bigger barns so that I can own more. I heard something this week that stuck with me, it said you shouldn't feel guilty if you have a lot, but you should feel responsible, because you are stewards on this earth for what God has blessed you with. You're not an owner, you are a steward of the blessings of God. You've probably heard before, if you this morning make more than $25,000 a year, you're in the top percentage of the richest people to ever walk the earth. If you're looking at percentages, when you look at that, that I am among the richest to ever walk the earth, how am I stewarding that for the kingdom of God? Do I see myself as an owner of everything that God has given me, or am I a steward, a manager, that is sowing into the kingdom of God. Luke, uh, (laughs) Jesus even said in Luke 48 that uh, for everyone who's been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked when God blesses you. It's a privilege, church, but it's also a responsibility because we are stewards. And uh, just to be clear, this is not me saying the church needs more money. I'm actually, I don't care if you give it to the church or not, Give it to the kingdom of God somewhere. You better be sowing what God has given you somewhere into the kingdom of God. And the church is a good option for that. Just to be uh, clear, <laughs> uh, we are not our stu- uh, owners, we are stewards. And that kind of leads us into our second point. That is, uh, in a world focused on earthly r- riches, we're called to focus on kingdom causes. So greed focuses on what we can accumulate on the earth. Uh, but Jesus actually told us, Actually, accumulate for heaven. He said, Don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where uh, they can be destroyed, but store up, store up for yourself treasures in heaven where they can't be destroyed. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Again, the reason Jesus talked so much about money is because it is a window into your heart. Uh, I read a story years ago and it asked the question. Uh, would you rather have something along these lines would you rather have a million dollars today or twenty million dollars a year from today no let's that's just who would rather have a million dollars today who would rather have twenty million dollars in a year wow a lot of people don't want anything <laughs> that's, uh, so they they posed this question to like some financial advisors and the response they came back with was you take the money today uh, because uh, we don't know if America will be a nation a year from today we don't know if the dollar will be worth anything or even exist a year from today so they say actually you take the money today if you want to invest it from there you invest it from there but take the money here and now but do you know what the Bible calls us to the Bible calls us to make investments into eternity it, it is absolutely countercultural to what The world says to do. Uh, And in fact, uh, we are investing into something that we may never see any return from on this side of eternity. Now, if you go out those doors and you find someone who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you say, hey, invest all your money into this stock, you'll never see a return from it. Just so you're aware you're going to die and not see a penny from it. They're going to think you're crazy. But Jesus says, invest yourself into eternal riches. Invest yourself into kingdom causes. Jesus said in Matthew chapter six, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Now that passage of scripture might be taken out of context more than anything I've ever read. Uh, because so many people say, if I seek first the kingdom, God will give me everything I want. I'll have that new car. I'll have the new house, everything. But actually, when he says, all these things will be added if you back it up, he's talking about food and clothing and shelter. Your basic needs for living in this life will be provided for you if you just pursue and seek the kingdom of God. And the last point this morning... And how do we respond in a world of, of greed, in a world that accumulates? We give abundantly. Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, Moses told the people, You do not put the Lord your God to the test. Uh, if you remember when Jesus was in the garden and Satan is tempting him, he says to Satan, You do not put the Lord your God to the test. But in the book of Malachi, God says something really interesting. In verse 10, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Then it says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. So you go through all scripture and God is saying, do not put God to the test. Do not put God to the test. But then through Malachi, he says, "Except when it comes to giving towards the kingdom of God test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. In case you're not picking up on that, that's a good thing. Jesus is saying, test me in this and see if I don't overwhelm you with goodness and riches. Why? Not so that you'll be rich, but because he understands that if I give you more riches, you sow more into the kingdom of God. And if I give you more and more, you sow more and more. It's about the heart. God will reward you for your heart because he knows that he can pour more on you and you will pour more into the kingdom of God. What I want to do for just a minute is actually go back to Luke chapter 12 and verse 15, where we started this morning. Jesus said, Watch out and be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And just keep that up for a minute, Greg. Jesus says something else here that that catches my eye because we tend to have the perception that there's only one type of greed and that's I love money and I want more money and I want more money. But Jesus said, beware for all kinds of greed because there are so many places in your life where you become the center if you're not careful, where you become focused on the earth and not the kingdom of God if you're not careful. So Jesus said, be, beware of all kinds of greed. It's not just about money. You can be greedy with your time. You can be greedy with your, uh, with your talents and your gifts. And I was thinking, uh, Renee, you can go ahead and come. Uh, in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus said, uh, freely you have received, freely give. Now this, this seems to be a, a pretty clear reference. You know, don't be greedy with what God has given you. Do I have that uh, Matthew 10, 8, Greg? But let's back up to what he's talking about. Jesus said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, and then he says, freely you have received, freely give. In other words, he is saying, there is a a power that has been put inside of you, the Holy Spirit, and you have a calling on your life to take the kingdom of God into the world, to pray for the sick, to take the gospel to the poor, the good news to the poor. Freely you have been given all of this. Freely give it out. And, And if we hold on to some of these these things that Jesus has given us, the reality is it's kind of greedy. If if Jesus, the Bible says, has placed the very same spirit in us that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, and then he says, go out into all the world, make disciples of all nations, you have the greatest news in the world. The news of salvation, the gospel, means good news, church good news. Freely you have received the greatest news in the history of the world. Freely go out those doors and give it away because to hold on to it, church, is a form of greed and Jesus is speaking to the disciples saying that this greed can sneak. And you can be so focused on not being greedy in this area. But maybe we're holding on to some other things that we need to be more open-handed with. You guys stand with me. Paul said in 2 Corinthians, whoever spares or whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. It's a reference here to uh, sowing your finances into the kingdom of God. But there's a, a reality of that statement that that's, impacts far more than finances. We've been given so much, church. I say it often, but there are people in your life who will receive the gospel from you that wouldn't hear it from me. And we have to go out those doors with the mentality that I have been placed in such a place as this, for such a time as this, such a season as this, In the midst of COVID, in the midst of fear, you name it, I have been placed here on purpose by God. I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes. And I'm going to ask you to repeat a short prayer after me. Holy Spirit, search my heart. Lord, I pray this morning that as Renee leads us, your spirit would search our hearts, God. any area where we have allowed greed to to slip into our lives. I pray in this time that you would reveal it to us, Lord. And show us, God, how we can walk more generous with all you've given us. So church, just take a few minutes and allow the Spirit to search your heart. place I pray that there would be a new generosity about us God. a generosity that reaches far beyond finances that we are generous with the message of the gospel generous with our time, Lord. And I pray that we're able to take every area of our life, Lord, turn its focus to your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Church, thank you so much for being here with me today. Uh, I always hope after I talk about money that you'll come back the next week, so (laughs) do that for me. (laughs) Have a good week. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for a new message every single week. And as always, from all of us at Cranberry Community Church, may God bless you.